0: An obsessive passion is a key ingredient in the success of so many greats. When Itzhak Perlman, the virtuoso violinist, first asked to play after hearing classical music on the radio at the age of three, he was denied admission to a local conservatory on the grounds that he was too small to hold a violin. So the sickly boy, who soon contracted polio and today is still bound to crutches and a wheelchair, taught himself to play on a toy fiddle. By the age of 10, he was giving critically acclaimed recitals, and at 19, he appeared on The Ed Sullivan Show for the second time alongside the Rolling Stones. The mathematician Srinivasa Ramanujan was, in his short 33 years, so prolific that today an entire peer-reviewed journal is devoted to publishing results that derive or otherwise relate to those that he had claimed or proved. Like Fisher and Perlman, Ramanujan developed his passion at an early age, absorbing all he could from the college-aged lodgers who stayed at his mother's home and reading math textbooks cover to cover. One, a collection of 5,000 theorems that is particularly credited with elevating his genius, would be impossibly tedious even to the most enthusiastic participant in a high school Olympiad. As an adult, his work engrossed him so fully that he neglected his wife and even his own health, dying from complications of dysentery that doctors now think could have been cured had Ramanujan bothered to take a break from work to receive care. Or what about Marie Curie? She's still the only person to ever win two Nobel prizes in science. As a student in Paris, She was so engrossed in her studies that she often forgot to eat. She would remain so engrossed until her dying day, eschewing prizes and awards because they took her away from scientific pursuits. She even failed to acquire the funds from her second Nobel Prize out of what she termed sheer laziness. She finally picked up the award money during World War I so she could contribute it to the war effort. For Picasso, It wasn't chess, violin, math, or science, but art, which he continued to produce obsessively for the entirety of his life. It is estimated that he produced over 50,000 works of art, regularly reinventing himself, when any other successful artist likely would have rested on his laurels. As mere mortals, the rest of us marvel at these obsessive passions, If only we could be drawn to shooting free throws as much as LeBron James, grinding through end games as much as Fisher, or flipping through theorems as much as Ramanujan, we might be so much more successful. Each new year, when we assemble our resolutions, we hope that we too magically develop the elusive passion that will transform our working hours from a chore into a labor of love. Yet, inevitably, by early February, When no such fire has been sparked, aimless Netflix and Instagram sessions overtake our aspirations. Why can't we be more like Bobby and Itzhak? How on earth could Ramanujan have possibly been enthralled with a textbook of 5,000 theorems? And me, the remote. Why were they, alongside Einstein and Picasso, anointed to receive the magic fire of passion, as though from Cupid casting arrows to a lucky few. And why did they develop their particular passions for basketball, chess, math, physics, or whatever? Why didn't Picasso, who was sympathetic to Catalan rebels and anti-fascists, devote his prodigious energies to war instead of art? Why didn't Einstein obsess over chess? Why would Fischer, who would sit still for hours as he pored over chess books, and whose IQ was certainly no impediment, immediately grow restless as soon as a homework assignment of any kind was put in front of him. It inevitably went unfinished to his mother's great consternation. In short, how does passion, this elusive maker of greatness, work? There are entire fields devoted to judgment, decision-making, and positive psychology, and sections of bookstores devoted to self-help, So you'd think someone would have a ready answer to these relatively fundamental questions by now. How can we understand the decisions we make or what makes us happy if we don't understand what makes us passionate and gives our life meaning? Indeed, there are some things we know. We know, for instance, that passion goes hand in hand with a sense of meaning, purpose, and satisfaction, and that it increases with praise or decreases if someone offers to pay us for our labors. But why? Why do passions work these ways? Do passions simply defy explanation? No.